going to bring us our first reading from the lectern line. The first reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who, are, who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from our God, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you, because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. For the Gospel reading brought to us by Keith. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and declared... Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptising with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptise with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptises with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which is translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was standing, 
staying and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which translated means Peter. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. I spoke on this topic this morning at the eight o'clock service and uh, Bimby was there in the service and uh, he asked people afterwards to rate how I done and uh, one lady only gave me eight and a half so I'm hoping to do better this morning. Please be kind to me. When I know I'm going to be preaching, and we do know quite a long way ahead with the rota, I always read the passages uh, quite a long time in advance, so they're in my mind and going round. And when I began that, in fact, it was even before Christmas, something suddenly struck me from our Gospel passage. It was a little word in the Bible that has incredible significance. Incidentally, that reminds us that however long we have been reading and loving the Scriptures, God can still surprise us. The word I'm talking about is frequently found in John's Gospel, but also in the other Gospels. What is this word? At least I hope that's what you're asking. The word is this, come. It's why I asked if we could have that opening song this morning, come, now is the time to worship. Come. How could that little word have grabbed me so much? Well, it was this. That little word appears on the lips of Jesus for the first time in John's Gospel. He said to those two disciples, Come and see. Of course, a quick scan through the Gospels shows us that it happens multiple times. Perhaps one of the most famous is that in Matthew's Gospel. Come unto me, all who travail and are heavy laden. But that phrase, come, or simply come to me, 
is on the lips of Jesus and can be so familiar that we kind of, it goes over the top of our heads. We miss the significance. But it has a depth of impact. It's not simply an invitation like one might have to meet for coffee with a friend or to a party or even to next week's patronal lunch. It's much, much more than that. Again, it is my practice to look up the Greek. One of the great things of the internet is you can look up what's called an interlinear Bible, where the English and the Greek are in parallel. And you can see what the original Greek word was and what it meant. And when I looked it up in this come and see, I found that the word had the traditional meaning that we'd all think of. Come here a minute, or whatever. But also, underneath that meaning, there was a deeper metaphorical meaning. And it was this. Come, follow, and be changed. Come, follow, and be changed. Wow. Do you now begin to grasp what that little word is so vital? Why it grabbed me. When Jesus says, come, he's meaning more than, well, just come along, I'll show you where I live. He's saying, come, follow me and be changed. It's an invitation like no other in the history of humankind. And I want to look this morning briefly at three things about this invitation. One, that it is an invitation from none other than God. Secondly, what is the purpose of that invitation for us, for you and for me? And thirdly, what is the purpose of that invitation for others out there? First, the one who issues the invitation. It is, of course, none other than God. That instantly makes it head and shoulders above any other invitation we might have. But equally important, it's for us to see that it is an invitation. It's not an instruction. It's not even a command. It's an invitation. And as such, just like an invitation that you or I might have to meet somebody for coffee or go to a party, it implies that we can refuse whatever the reason. And this is what really grabbed me. The thought that Jesus 
says come, and it's an invitation. That's mind-blowing if you stop and think about it. God who created the universe, and of course us, the almighty, the all-knowing, the all-seeing, invites us to come, to go with him, to be with him, to receive from him, to be changed by him. And moreover, and this is for years, has long amazed me, he is prepared for us to say no. No, thank you. I don't want to. Of course, saying no has consequences as to saying yes. But he will not force us. In fact, I go so far as to say he cannot force us. Why? Because his motivation is, as always, love. Nobody, even God, can make you love. It has to be our choice. He can invite us. He can woo us. He can cause circumstances in our lives so that we're up against it and might cry out, God, help. But he could never, ever force us to accept his invitation. So this invitation on the lips of the one who is himself God, Jesus says, Come, come to me, come and see. This invitation is mind-blowing because from whom it comes and that it is an invitation. But what is the purpose of this invitation? Why does Jesus invite us to come? Well, I've already hinted at it because of the deeper meaning of that Greek word that Jesus uses, to follow and to be changed. To follow and to be changed. Jesus didn't repeatedly say through his earthly ministry, come, Come to me. He didn't say it so that he had a following. He didn't have a a fan base on Twitter or Instagram. No. His whole purpose was that only by coming to him can we be changed, fundamentally changed. Could our created purpose of eternal fellowship with the Father be restored? Remember his foundational statement in the Gospel in John 14, 6, 
where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. Only in coming to Jesus can we be fundamentally changed, born again, as he says in a couple of chapters on from our reading. Changed into his likeness by ever-increasing degrees, as Paul puts it in Corinthians. Indeed, the whole Christian life from beginning through into eternity is a response to that invitation. Come. 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 But there's a third thing I want to say about the purpose of the invitation. And it's this. It's for others. When we accept that invitation to come, daily to come, to be more and more like him, we hear his command. His command this time is to go. Go. Not to go away. It's not a sort of cruel, cryptic thing. You come to me and then I'll send you away. No. We see this going implied in our little gospel reading this morning. Following Jesus' invitation to those two to come and see and them spending a day with him, what was the outcome? Andrew found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. And a few verses beyond our reading, Philip does the same thing to Nathaniel. Thus this invitation to come implies that we, in turn, will go so that others may come. It is, of course, spelt out in no uncertain terms at the end of Matthew's Gospel. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, Jesus said. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Come, come, that you may go. After drafting my sermon, the first drafting of my sermon sometime last week, I actually got round to reading the January Courier, the church magazine. And I was reminded in reading that of what Bimby shared at the Nine Lessons and Carols, a word that the Lord had given him while he was on retreat 
a few days before Christmas. You can all read it for yourselves. But as I read it, it just impacted me in a different and fresh way. It reminded me how God speaks to us, sometimes to one, sometimes to another, but very often pointing in the same direction. Allow me to read an extract from it, if I may. Bimby writes, As I waited on the Lord a few weeks ago, he released these words to me, which I shared at the nine lessons and carol service. That he is calling us as his disciples, quote, to carry his joy, to carry his healing, to carry his truth. Bimbi then asks the Lord, why these three things? And the Lord replied, again I quote, I come to give you joy, because in the Godhead of Father, Son and Spirit, there is joy, because there is no fear, no anxiety, no lack, no guilt, no condemnation, and so joy is always present. I come to give you healing because sickness does not exist in heaven but is the product of a fallen world. It is why Jesus brought healing with him wherever he walked in Israel because the divine presence brings perfection and life in its fullest sense. I come to bring you truth because truth guides you to the Father's heart the Father's will, and leads you to your living life as it was meant for you to live it. Receive my truth and see the riches of heaven unfold before you. So, my child, receive and release in turn my joy, my healing, my truth in you so that you will be seen as a carrier of these things which mark you out as mine, a child of God. <coughs> me. So, a little word. Small, frequent, easy to miss its significance. But it leapt out of me. That's the spirit for you. Come, come. An invitation on the lips of Jesus, the Son of God. An invitation to send life with him, to be changed into his likeness. In accepting that invitation, we will be called to obey his command to go with joy, with healing, and with truth, that others may hear and come. Let us pray. <coughs> Perhaps there may be somebody here this morning or listening online 
who's never accepted Jesus' invitation to come. Now, here this morning, online, is your chance to do so. Accepting will change your life forever. If you would like, say this prayer after me. And I invite all of us to do that so that if there's anyone who hasn't prayed it, they can pray it out loud and not fear that they're standing out. So after each phase, please repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your invitation. Lord Jesus, thank you for your invitation, which I accept now to come and follow you, which I accept now to come and follow you. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins, to pay the penalty for my sins. I ask forgiveness for my sins. I ask forgiveness for my sins and receive you as my Saviour and Lord and receive you as my Saviour and Lord. Thank you for giving me the gift of your Spirit. Thank you for giving me the gift of your Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed that for the first time here this morning, please have a word with me afterwards. If you did so online, please get in touch with this church or your local church very soon. Amen.